lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. 888-900-3393 is the number. Keep that number handy. We're going to have our Monday town hall coming up next hour. We're going to hear from you at 888-900-3393. The topic today is, have you had any success or only failure in trying to reach friends, family members, people on social media with reason and data on coronavirus? Or is it just once they're given over to the panic porn it's a lost cause. We're going to get into that next hour on the show here at 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's where you can go to get samples of this program for yourself that are free. And then you can share those with others if you wouldn't mind. Coming up here today, we got a lot going on. Uh, our good friend Bob Vanderplas is going to join us uh, at the bottom of the hour. Some some contradictory polling out there. No, you've never heard that one before, right? But but see if we can maybe reconcile it and make some sense out of it. We'll get into that here at the bottom of the hour, and we're going to find out. It has been what now three weeks since he had uh, one of the first in-person political conferences with speakers and. Visitors from across the country here to Iowa, right, for his yes, family leadership yeah, I, summit. I can't wait to see what's or the body here. Count? Yeah, how big of a smoldering pile of ash are we yes. talking about here? We will talk to a real life death merchant that is coming up here at the bottom of the hour. I mentioned our Monday town hall. Hey, something else I want to mention to you as well. You know, we're doing more stuff online than ever before because of what's going on in the country. We're kind of forced to make sure uh, you take uh, the necessary steps to protect. As much of your privacy and freedom as you possibly can. That's where our friends at ExpressVPN come in. Because the problems we have with big tech don't just extend to the Overton window, but they're also tracking what we do online, what we're searching for, the videos we watch, everything we click on. And they use this data to serve us ads, match our activity with offline identity using our unique unique IP address. But whenever you use ExpressVPN like me, uh, these tech companies cannot see your IP address at all. Your identity is masked, and it's anonymized by a secure VPN server. And ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys, and even their own staff doesn't get access to that data as well. If you want to visit my special link right now, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. Who doesn't want to save some money, right? So get 15 months for the price of 12 right now at expressvpn.com slash Steve. That's expressvpn.com slash Steve to protect your privacy and your data today. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Deep State. On Friday, an ex-FBI lawyer named Kevin Kleinsmith, who was a member of the Robert Mueller Special Counsel on allegations of foreign interference in the 2016 election, agreed to plead guilty to falsifying a claim made to sustain government surveillance on a former Trump campaign advisor named Carter Page. That falsification was a key impetus to having the federal government continue to spy on Carter Page, which in turn was one of the main 
main reasons the special counsel was appointed. President Trump announced the brokerage of a formal peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Israel late last week. Relations between the two countries have been extra tense for the better part of the last decade as the UAE has disallowed Israelis into their country. There have been no flights between the countries and no formal diplomatic relations. But those relations have warmed considerably in the wake of the Iran nuclear deal as both countries stand opposed to the Iranian regime. President Trump's younger brother, Robert Trump, passed away over the weekend in New York City. Washington Post headline, Robert Trump, younger brother of President Trump, who filed a lawsuit against Nice, dies at 71. Leftists also got the hashtag wrong Trump, as if to say the wrong Trump died, trending over the weekend as well. A conspiracy theory involving the U.S. Postal Service has taken hold of the left. Numerous Democrat politicians have vocalized their concerns after stories have circulated all but claiming the Postal Service is removing mail sorting machines as well as mail drop boxes at the behest of President Trump in order to help his re-election. Something about mail-in voting. Taylor Swift had something to say about a former NBA player and social media star Rex Chapman posted a photo from 2016 of locked mailboxes claiming Trump is trying to steal the election by keeping people from voting by mail. What virus? Oh, that virus. The FDA approved over the weekend a rapid saliva test for COVID-19 from researchers at Yale. The test claims to have the same accuracy as nasal swabs, is a lot cheaper, and can spit back results, no pun intended, in a matter of minutes. New York Times headline, what if herd immunity is closer than scientists thought? What if indeed? Dr. Anthony Fauci said this. True, false. Sunlight kills the virus. It does. That's a truism. That's one of the reasons why outside, in the sun, when you are interacting, that that is much, much better than being inside. Who'd have thunk? Moving on, Antifa showed up to Stone Mountain, Georgia over the weekend looking for a conflict. At one point, a trainee confronted a dude toting a Confederate flag. We fought a whole war over the fact that that flag and the slavery it stands for needs to be out of this country. You traitor. Where you guys? In Hugo, Minnesota, a Black Lives Matter organizer named John Thompson, who just won his primary for State Senate District 67A in St. Paul, pulled up into the residential neighborhood of police union leader Bob Kroll and screamed at residents, including children. I'm a black man being terrorized by this Klansman right here. We are terrorized by the Grand Wizard. Y'all got the Grand Wizard living in your neighborhood. All the Klan exists in Hugo, Minnesota. Last night in Portland, anarchists from Black Lives Matter and Antifa continued to riot. At one point, they pulled a man from his truck and beat him to a pulp in front of his passenger. Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, your thoughts? You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in, in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. 
You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Meanwhile, the New York Police Benevolent Association, which represents over 50,000 active and retired NYPD officers, endorsed Donald Trump over the weekend. People say that a union like ours, law enforcement groups, give endorsements. Not in the New York City PBA, sir. In the New York City PBA, Mr. President, you earned the endorsement. In other news, CBS Late Show host Stephen Colbert tried to do a fluffer interview with newly minted presumptive Democratic vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris. He asked why she all but called Joe Biden a racist, but now is on his ticket. Now, you guys seem to be pals. It was a debate. (laughs) Not everybody landed punches like you did, though. It was a debate. (laughs) So you don't mean it. It was a debate that the whole reason, literally, it was a debate. It was called a debate. I understand. Travel to the debate. There were journalists there covering the debate where there would be a debate. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, remember, just because we're reopening doesn't mean that um, we didn't learn some lessons, right? And one of the lessons we learned is take as much control over your life and your health as you possibly can. And Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition can be one step towards doing that because one scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which boost energy and support a healthy immune system. Plus, we've known for many, many years that a diet that is rich in fruits and vegetables can reduce the risk of things from heart disease to hypertension and a whole host of other health issues. Field of Greens is also prebiotic, probiotic. That's good for the digestive system, by the way, which is the biggest immunity system in the body, the gut. And it's a great source of vitamins, fiber, and other nutrients. So if you want to just put one scoop in any water-based drink, stir it together, shake it together, and you're done. You're good to go. Right now, you can save 15% off your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. 15% off your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. And if you like it and decide you want to stick around and subscribe, they'll give you a 10% off with the promo code Steve every month as well. 10% off and 15% off your first order. You want to take advantage of both of those discounts? Use my name as the promo code when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Uh, Later today in the overtime, we're going to discuss the historic deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, uh, who's been one of our go-tos on foreign policy for years on this show, our good friend Ryan Morrow. He's going to be joining us in the overtime to go over this and what it may mean on a a larger scale when it comes to our foreign policy. If you don't want to miss it, go to blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can get a discounted subscription today to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go to watch the overtime today when it's posted later on this afternoon at blazetv.com slash dace. I don't know, man. In the in a showdown between dude who doesn't know what gender he is and a guy who shows up. Hey, you want to argue with me about, you know, Confederate monuments and relics and that's a part of our history? Fine. But a guy shows up in 2020 waving a Confederate flag, man. Really? And save me your emails. They're all going to fall on deaf ears. I promise. Okay? It's one thing to honor our history and recognize it. And why we built a lot of those uh, memorials was to bring the country back together after such a divisive time. I get it. Okay? But it, it you lost, dude. It's 2020. 
put her away. And if the the guy in the Confederate flag versus the guy in the mascara, that's an that's that's an epitaph for a civilization, guys. That's what that is. That's we're done here. Last one out. Turn out the lights. That's Steve. It's just a debate. Then you have Kamala Harris who can't hold up to the fluffer duty interview of Stephen Colbert. It was just a debate, just saying things for effect. I don't really mean them. The you know the media was there. You got to put on a show, give them the show they want. For years, I told you that this was like pro wrestling, didn't I? That's what Kamala Harris is saying. She basically did on that stage to Biden what that Minneapolis, I think, councilman was doing in front of that police. Yes. She, she yeah. basically did that and then can turn around and just laugh it off. The new saliva test is big news. Um, they're saying it's about a 90 some odd percent or right around a little bit higher than 90 percent accuracy, which is what they're saying a lot of the or the nasal swab test really has as well. Um and the NBA Players Association stepped forward to fund a lot of that with Yale University, which, dude, they needed some positive press in that league. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to become the unofficial sport of communist China, then you you could probably use all the positive publicity you could get. All right. There's another university that has come out with a similar rapid fire test. The University of Illinois. What conference are they in? That would be the Big Ten. Yeah, that would be in the Big Ten conference. So since the Big Ten made its announcement last week, no other conferences have joined that matter. Uh, We now have not one, but two uh, rapid-fire saliva-based coronavirus tests, one from its own league. Um, We now have the state of Ohio's, uh, there's a story in the Columbus Dispatch about cases of coronavirus plummeting in the state of Ohio. And we have um, the New York Times now wants to discuss the prospect of herd immunity. Oh, and we have Anthony Fauci now telling you what I told you in March. I told you in March that there was a peer-reviewed study from the University of Hong Kong after the first SARS which tried to figure out why the second wave of SARS-1 began inside Canadian hospitals. And what it found was SARS families of the SARS family of viruses, which is what COVID-19 the disease comes from. SARS family the SARS family of viruses is uniquely stubborn in indoor climate controlled environments even if it's relatively warm. I mean, you could, you could run the heat at 75. Out, outdoors in the sunlight, respiratory viruses tend to not like that kind of weather, but even indoors up to 75 degrees, it could sustain itself on fomites or infected services for up to five days. Do you guys remember those shows? Do you remember those conversations five months ago now? A long time ago in it a was galaxy a long far, t- far away. Indeed it was, yes. And now Anthony Fauci to Matthew McConaughey. Who gets younger while they stay the same? Or is it the other way around? I can't remember that line from Days to Confuse. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anthony Fauci to Matthew McConaughey finally admits what we have been telling. Why did I tell you all spring and summer long? Don't cancel anything outside. Put everything outside. Don't cancel anything outside. Put everything outside. You mean don't arrest people on beaches? Yes. We want everybody outside. 
Everybody outside. Now, Steve, if the sunlight is bad for the virus, why did the cases soar in Texas and Florida and in the Sun Belt, Steve? Well, have you considered that in a pandemic? Everybody gets pandemic. Have you considered this in a what pandemic? Does pan mean? Exactly, exactly. In a pandemic, everybody gets pandemic. And when the pandemic arrived in those states, did you look at what the IFR and the CFR in those states were compared to what they were in the tri-state area? Dramatically different. Dramatically different. In Florida, since mid-July, the average age of a new test in Florida has been 21 years old. 21 years old. Florida, as of Sunday, was reporting 9,100 deaths. That's terrible. But in a state of 21 million, it's also statistically insignificant that's statistically insignificant guys you saw what happened when the when the wave hit those sunbelt states and it came up against the warmth the heat and the humidity you saw that it wasn't nearly as devastating in arizona as it was in new jersey it wasn't nearly as devastating in texas and florida and georgia as it was in new york and you saw that. We just watched this play out in real in real time. The Sunbelt wave is done now, by the way. It's over. When we left here on Friday, the latest data showed that the percentage of hospitalizations for COVID symptoms in America was 3.1%. Today, the latest data shows it is down to 1.8%. 1.8% of those who go to the ER are going with COVID symptoms, which means 98.2% of people are going to the ER for something else. When are the numbers ever low enough then? When is that good enough? 1.8%? That's the number now, nationwide. There's some numbers I want to show you here this morning. And these come from a researcher from Harvard and Cal Berkeley, two schools I had no chance of ever getting into. His name is Yenon Weiss. He's also a Marine and a U.S. Special Forces alum. Two other endeavors I never had any chance of getting into. He put some research out over the weekend on Twitter on what the end of this could look like. And when we mean herd immunity and not herd mentality, meaning we're just going to fall for the panic porn, that's the herd mentality. Herd immunity is how do we win? Herd immunity is how you win unless a virus just burns itself out and dies, which happens. We saw that with the first SARS, for example. But there are two ways to get to herd immunity. One is with vaccination. That's what vaccines do. They get us to herd immunity faster with less loss of life. Well, when they work, that is. We don't have one of those, and we're already being told that if we get one next year, that's really not what it's going to be. It's going to be more therapeutic, like a flu vaccine. So you're looking at an efficacy of, if at best, 70%, maybe 50% on average, depending on the strain and where you live. So then there's the way we had to get to herd immunity as a civilization before we came up with vaccines, before the 20th century. 
How did we survive so many plagues, pestilences? How did we do it? Natural herd immunity. Unfortunately, we have been pushing back against getting there in our country because we keep trying to quarantine the people with the stronger immune systems that could push back on a strain. But in the end, nature finds a way. And this is what Yin and Weiss is pointing out in this Twitter feed. I want to begin. Let's first look at New York and Sweden. This graphic that he put up there. Now, New York, closed businesses, masks everywhere, closed schools, mandated social distancing. Sweden didn't do any of those things. And look, they reached zero deaths at virtually the same point. The only other thing they have in common, similar antibody levels. And of course, New York State has more people than Sweden does, almost twice as many more. So this is prorated to deaths by 100 million, all right? It's, it's prorated to account for the population difference. And look, despite the policy differences and the population differences, look at they both reached seroprevalence at about the exact same percentage, right around 15%. You can also compare the capitals, New York City and Stockholm. Both are down to near zero deaths, despite Stockholm staying completely open the entire year. Stockholm is a little smaller than New York City. Okay, it's actually a lot smaller than New York City, okay? But still, again, you see the same 15 to 20% antibody expression in both communities. Now, this is typically when people bring up population density, Yenin writes. So let's remind ourselves that Stockholm has twice the population density of New York State, but far fewer deaths. And Stockholm was never locked down. So let's get back to herd immunity here for a second. All right. A test in Northern Italy showed the population was at 13 to 14 percent antibody levels in April as the country was well on the way down in cases and deaths. So we're right around that 15 to 20 percent seroprevalence antibody rate again similarly germany's coronavirus epicenter gangalt and heinsberg showed they peaked out at about 15 percent antibodies outside of new york city's 22 percent the highest known antibody levels recorded that we have found in a natural community here in the united states meaning not in a prison a controlled environment um or anywhere in the world for example came in at 21 percent that was in iran so whether one looks at Northern Italy, New York City, Iran, uh, or any of the worst outbreaks in the world, no meaningful community has gotten over 25% antibody levels before their epidemiological curve began to collapse. This is regardless of lockdown measures taken or not taken. We did this last week with the Big Ten footprint, right? We went through every state. Yep. And what did we find? Some you know, States that had massive mask mandates or states like ours that has none in iowa same epidemiological curve in every single state in the big 10 footprint regardless of level of lockdown they were on the same curve didn't change the virus had its way in fact the only thing yinan points out the only the only thing that all places now at zero deaths have in common is that they have reached antibody levels of approximately 15 to 20 percent 20%, despite wildly different intervention policies. 
So what about this 60% herd immunity number we keep getting bandied about? That is only true, he points out, if one plans for a vaccine herd immunity approach, a traditional vaccine approach, where those vaccinated are essentially done randomly. This is because the 60% approximation assumes a, a homogenous population. But of course, the population is not. So you've got to get a, a lot larger people vaccinated to herd immunity in order to get the prevalence that you're looking for, is what he is saying. Different people have different levels of susceptibility. So it's left to spread in the wild. So if, if it's left to spread in the wild, more susceptible people get the virus first and it becomes increasingly harder to spread. 15% antibody levels are not a random 15%. It's a hard 15%. Because once it moves from the most susceptible, then it makes its way to whom? The people that are less and less susceptible. Why are they less and less susceptible? Because they have stronger and stronger immune systems or they have stronger and stronger health profiles. And so eventually the virus tops out because it runs up against those who can stand up to it. Here's another study that models this approach with uh, herd immunity effects across real-world COVID data. So he points out not one, but two studies that have this number in mind. So then why do prisons get above 20%? If exposed to a massive amount of viral load through unnatural conditions like prisons, hospitals, remember what I said earlier. The second wave of SARS-1 began in Canadian hospitals, indoor, climate-controlled environments. Then even those not, not ordinarily susceptible may go on to produce antibodies due to a massive dose of exposure. Meaning they never got sick, but they have the antibodies anyway because they presented themselves as asymptomatic. This is not to say that only 15 to 20% were exposed of COVID. It says only 15 to 20% expressed antibodies because many are able to kill the virus before their body even needs the antibodies. And he points to a recent study from Science that points that out, Science Magazine. And then we have the, the OG when it comes to coronavirus, the Diamond Princess cruise ship, remember them? This is what John Ioannidis based all of his research on in his white papers back in March at Stanford University that we talked about, was about what we saw on the Diamond Princess. And guess what it saw? Only 20 or 20% reached antibody levels when it ended the contagion. So let's review. No matter the intervention policy, hotspots decline when reaching 15% antibody expression. Given a sufficiently large sample size, all hotspots stopped at 20 to 25%. Masks, businesses, schools, closed, used, doesn't matter. Fail to explain this. Same process everywhere you go. If it wasn't for Sweden, we could have been able to say, and now you know why they hate Sweden so much. If it wasn't for Sweden, we could be able to say that we need the masks and the lockdowns in order to get us to that 15 to 20% herd immunity threshold. Because we'd have no control group to test a universal coincidence, right? We'd have no control group except Sweden. It gives us that control group. And so Sweden does exist. So it blows that theory that the lockdowns and everything else are what get us to that seroprevalence. It blows it out of the water. Now, this doesn't mean some interventions can't help Yenin rights. But we simply cannot ignore the fact that Sweden never shut down, never closed schools, never wore masks, still doesn't, and reached the same results as those who did. 
So that's what herd immunity looks like, as opposed to herd mentality. And wouldn't you know, guess who's got a big article about herd immunity out today, folks? The New York Times. The New York Times. Isn't it amazing now that we've got, we have the National Institute of Health talking about T-cell immunities much higher than we ever thought? Well, there were studies around the world about that months ago. We just ignored them in our country because we politicized the virus. And now there's another peer-reviewed study out today on T-cell immunity as well. That's different than antibodies in the hemoglobin. That's cellular immunity. See, now that this data is coming out, they can't lie to us anymore. That's why team lockdown has been relegated to post office conspiracies. Because sanity is prevailing here. It just took longer in this country than anywhere else because we're having an orange man bad election. Gentlemen, you have a quick thought on that? Well, it's only Monday and I'm already exhausted uh, <laughs> because told you. Really, I can't say it enough. Told you. We nailed it a long time ago. So the guy that wanted the whole country locked down now tells us, as summer is about at an end, that sun and heat kills the virus. Warm place in hell, bro. Warm place in hell. Sure, losing your hair is no fun, so let's talk about options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy and try not to go broke just to avoid uh, going bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home. We're going to get the same doctor-recommended, FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half of the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about Keeps is the convenience. It's all online. You just uh, answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and then it's shipped directly to your door. So... You're already going to save a bunch of money off the top by going with the generic versions from Keeps. How about a special offer in addition to that discount? Half off your first order right now at Keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order right now at Keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for Keeps.com slash grow. Let's welcome in our good friend and a merchant of death. Bob Vanderplatz from the Family Leader. How are you, brother? A merchant of death. Indeed. I, I don't get this, but it was, hey, it's good to be here, I think. It was how many weeks ago that you dangled a carrot that enticed, maybe even forced, individuals from across the country to oh, risk their yes, lives to yes, come yes, here yes, to yes. Des Moines, Iowa, and be exposed to the Rona, the worst plague in the history of all plagues. And now it's been how many days since your event, Bob? Four weeks ago, last week, Friday. So a full month. What's the body count? I mean, Bob? you know, what? it's a full month today. Full uh, month today? Since we're August 17, it was on July 17. And Steve, what you need to know is that that was a Friday, but we held events on Wednesday and Thursday leading up to the Friday. 
Friday, we had 700 people Literally indoors. just injecting people with coronavirus daily. And from multiple states. I mean, we had Florida, a hotspot, Texas, a hotspot, Arizona, a hotspot. So you allowed them to come here and infect your fellow Iowans at the exact just, same time. Yes. And what we told everybody, you know, be wise. Uh, we even encouraged them, you know, if you social distance, wear masks. Inside the, the venue, I would say very few people had masks on. And when I watched them congregate, uh, they weren't, you know, doing a mosh pit or anything, but they were definitely talking with one another. They weren't worried about social distancing. And then the Saturday, we had events after that as well. Dell Tackett did a truth engagement training. We had an Israel group celebration. Um, but a full month since the summit, no reports of coronavirus well, whatsoever. Well, now we know why us. you haven't been here for the last few weeks. How many funerals have you attended, Bob? <laughs> how, many, been, how many? Yeah, yeah. How many? How uh, many lawyer up meetings have you had to have? We have not. And I think you know this. Last week we had an unbelievable storm pass through here, the Derecho, Derecho. And two weeks prior to that, the two weeks prior to that, I was in Wisconsin with a family vacation and uh, really enjoying my time. So now you're just totally flippant and cavalier. No, not totally about the flippant. That you have caused not flippant, not cavalier, but I do think. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. So we talked on this show for a long time. Matter of fact, it was interesting. The speakers that came, uh, whether it was Joel Rosenberg or Mike Lindell or Jack Brewer or even Mike Pompeo and um, uh, Rick Santorum, who came out, they're all like, we can't believe you're holding it. And we couldn't wait. I mean, they got their plane tickets. They couldn't wait to be here, but they thought for sure somebody of CNN would cast enough fear into us to say that we'd have to cancel it or postpone it. And we said, we're going to move forward. And if you understand, July 17, that's when they're all saying Iowa was at its peak as well. I mean, this was our peak time for testing. And uh, we... So what, what I hear you saying then is when a bunch of people who don't have coronavirus get together with a bunch of people that don't have coronavirus... You don't get the virus. Nobody gets coronavirus. You're right. exactly right. It's because bit, we keep hearing, hey, we can't go to padded practices or play football games because they're going to be swapping all that spit and all that air and everything else. Well, if you don't have coronavirus when I'm hitting you and I don't have coronavirus when you're hitting me, right? Yeah. And I mean, we're, how, and we're do you, all, how do you get coronavirus? And we're all getting tested. And we did. Is it test- airborne now? Spontaneous airborne? Yeah. If that's the case, yeah. dude, put your head between your legs. We've got a lot yeah. bigger worries than what it's like. I was well, then you might as well just get back to regular living. Because you're never going to protect yourself from it anyhow. Yeah, you drink and be merry for tomorrow we die, literally. Okay. But what I do want to say, though, Stephen, I know that's been a while since you and I have been on this show. But specifically to Todd, is one of our favorite cities to go to is Madison, Wisconsin. Hometown. Two lakes, great city. Liberals all heck. But it's a vibrant, energetic city. Great restaurants. Love the downtown. Love the Capitol Square area. Love that area. We love biking around the lake, the whole deal. Uh, Darla and I concluded our vacation with one night in Madison, and we stayed at not a cheap hotel, a Hilton Doubletree. Now, a lot cheaper than it used to be because of nobody goes to hotels anymore. But downtown, walked to downtown Madison, about an eight, 10 minute walk, eerily quiet, windows broke out, boarded up, graffiti everywhere, statues at the Capitol torn down. The word revolt carved into the base of the statues. We ended up eating outside, but we're kind of told you guys might want to get home before dark. The city of Madison has changed. Yes. 
and it's a shell of what it once was. And I got to believe Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, where we usually spend a night, we didn't spend a night there this week. And I'm thinking, why in the world would anybody want to vote for this? Because it's destroying great cities. That's a firsthand account of going to a city that we absolutely love, Madison, Wisconsin. It's not the same place. That is a good segue to the other thing I wanted to talk to you about this week. Okay? So can the conventions are beginning. I think the Democrats are this week, right? You bet. And then the Republicans are the week after. I think they're going to be the most irrelevant conventions we've ever had. Not having people there, virtual, I, I think they're they're largely going to be irrelevant. Yeah, tune in okay? by Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think it's they're largely irrelevant events. But um, it, it's a ben- it's a serious benchmark when it comes traditionally to a presidential election year, and that's when stuff gets real post convention. Not that it hasn't been real up to this point, but this is when everybody makes their last best foot forward pitch. And then the back and forth daily grind of trying to rip each other's lungs out Mm -hmm. until Election Day officially gets underway, right? So the next two weeks is going to be a lot of, you know, vision casting and uh, positivity from both sides. And then after that, it's just going to be You mean when they go low, we go high. Everybody's going to go lower. Exactly. (laughs) A couple of recent polls I'm hoping. Now, I'm not even looking at the horse race polling. And you know this is weird for me that on a given day, I can't tell you what the real clear politics polling average is. I don't know what it is. Mm. I, I have not looked at it. I don't care to look at it. I, dude, I know, what the, I, I know what the real clear politics polling average was on this day in the 08 cycle was, but I don't know what it is right now. Okay, I'm not looking at any of that. First of all, I don't, I don't trust a lot of it. Sure. Given the, the amount of data lying that I have just exposed on something that should be apolitical. Okay the worst pandemic we've had since at least the Hong Kong flu 50 years ago. You think everybody would have came together since yes. to defeat this if, thing? If we're going to lie about Real that, data? then I don't know why we're just not lying about the election at this point. Okay? So I'm looking at, I am interested though in the environmental polling. What it, What's the environment that people are campaigning in? Okay? So, Fox put out a poll. Message, this is, they, this is from August 13th. All right? So what's that? Four days ago. Message you would send to government, send the government. All right. Since 2019, in 2019, 55% of people in this poll said, leave me alone. 34% said, lend me a hand. Okay. Those numbers are exactly reversed right now in 2020. 57% want government to lend me a hand. Sounds like socialism. 36% say, leave me alone. All right. So, I mean, that's minus 19. If that's, if that's the answer to, if there's an exit question, exit poll question on November 3rd, and that's the answer, Republicans are getting. You don't Dude, just, Joe don't, Biden's yep, coming in. Don't have to even wait. It's like, I, it's, I remember doing this the 2012 election night. When polls showed the majority of Americans still blamed sluggish economic growth on George W. Bush, I told my audience that night, Romney's lost. No way he won if that's the environment. If that's the, if that's the electorate, we have to sit here and wait for states to get called then the narrative of the Obama Eastas is the narrative that shaped this electorate. Romney lost, and he did. If this is the narrative that shapes the electorate on November 3rd, there is no way the Republicans, it doesn't matter how much more money they give away, you simply can't give away enough to win, beat the Democrats at their own narrative. That's their narrative, right? This is their narrative. So if you're playing on their, if they're the home team, you're going to lose, okay? But let me scroll up here a little bit further in my Twitter account. This is, so I got to do this in real time. All right. 
This is from Sunday. All right. Here it is. Okay. NPR poll. So Fox News poll says by 19 points, Americans want government to do things for them than to get out of their way. NPR. All for government doing things for us. All right. So this is an NPR Marist poll. Due to coronavirus, do you think it's a good idea for Americans to get back to work? Plus 18. Answer. Yes. 84% among Democrats. One third of Democrats say time for us to get back to work. All right. Uh, 84% of Republicans say time for us to get back to work. Independence. Plus 25. Mm. Time for us to get back to work. All right. Now, how can both of these things be simultaneously true? I know normally you're the guy that you're, you're normally you're calling me up first thing in the morning. Hey, can you make sense of this? I'm now going to ask you <laughs> late morning. I'm going to ask you now. She was in the because I don't know how to make sense of this. So Fox News puts out a poll says do stuff for me by a wide margin. Lefty NPR puts out a poll that says I need to get back to work by a wide margin all within the same couple of days. Please make sense of this for my place. Well, I don't know if I can. Because but, I really but, but believe let, let me try. This, the, whichever one of these environments is in the is, is frame is, is is frames the electorate on November third is going to determine who wins the election. I so believe. either Trump wins in the NPR poll, yeah. or Biden wins in, in the, the Fox, Fox News poll. poll, yeah, which just doesn't seem right on a lot of levels. However, in the Fox poll, let me a hand. We have created an environment where. They're getting used to being lent a hand. Mm -hmm. You wonder why playground equipment's no longer for sale or sold out. Bikes are sold out. Jet skis are sold out. We've been lending a hand. I just told our team, this is false harmony. We're injecting a lot of money into a system, lending people a hand. And you know what? Kind of like it. We also just see what we just talked about. Our cities are burning Chamber down. of Commerce is out there lobbying yeah. for, for for them to get funded for, from the sure. government now. Yeah. And our cities are, are burning down. Lend me a hand. Help me out with my city. That type of thing. But the other part where I think in the NPR poll, where we're finding this, matter we found out in a leadership summit, people are tired of being cooped up. It's time to let people get back to work. You best time to let people get back to work. In other words, I want to, let, I want to get out of my house. Yeah, let them play football. Even if it's my neighbor go back to work, but let my neighbor go back to work. Mm -hmm. But what it is, is that I want to get out of the house. What happened to have a leadership summit, Steve, people are saying it was just so inspiring to be around people again. Why? Because we were not created to do this thing alone. But I do agree, those two, the way that gets framed, and so if I'm Trump, I take that NPR poll, and I just make this, let's play football, let's get America back to work, let's pump out the real data. These guys are scaring, Joe Biden's vision for America is everybody wear a mask. Is that the America you want? NPR would say, that's not the America we want. You mentioned football. Every state in America with a Republican governor right now, except for one, has announced or is already in preparation to play high school football this fall. Every state with a Republican governor but one. Only seven of the 22 states that have Democratic governors are going to play football this fall. The rest have already canceled. Do you think that's a coincidence? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's a winning issue for Trump. If, if, you feel, if he well, wants so to play So if it's not a coincidence, it. then is it because they're overly cautious? Or do you think this is an attempt to literally just take things away from people that would bring people together and make your life less miserable? 
you know, at this point, I really believe it's more political than it is factual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, matter of fact, uh, you take a look at the ripple effect for not having kids in school. Uh, we just learned in Iowa, 800 parents are withdrawing from the foster care system because they did not sign up to do homeschool learning. Mm-hmm. Schools were also a, it's a real ripple effect. Uh, uh, houses that were unstable to begin with just pushes them over the edge. So to me, I think it becomes more political than factual. I think it's a deal about let's take things away and therefore, you know, maybe our team will win and not football team. Our political team will win. And that's why I think it is America is at the point. I want to go back to work, which NPR is saying, let them go back to work, let them play. And I think the more Trump hammers that message, the better opportunity it is for him. But even the deal on lend me a hand, you got Trump and Mnuchin. I mean, they are rushing to get more money to America, right? Mm -hmm. And what that Fox News poll is saying, we trust the Democrats way more on giving us more money than you. Meaning they're better at it. That's their game. That's not our game. That's also a thing that would usher in socialism the quickest. So then tell me, what advice would you give in light of what you just said? We got about a minute and a half. What? Give me one piece of advice you'd give the Trump campaign right now then in light of what you just said. I'd give the Trump campaign way more than one piece of advice, but one would be law and order. There, as a matter of fact, I would show highlights of Madison, Wisconsin. I'd show Portland. I would show Seattle, Minneapolis, cities run by, by Democrats and saying, is that what you want your city to be? We believe there needs to be law and order. Do you know who the people who want police are those people living in those inner cities? They don't want. you run the risk of the blowback of then you're president right now. Why aren't you doing something about all this stuff? Then? You, you probably could. But he's also been very big on, you know, it's local control. And it's those, those local uh, and voting president yeah. doesn't matter then, because if it's local control, reelecting Trump, they're just going to continue to screw themselves. But, anyway. but at least it's the narrative of the bully pulpit of saying we need law and order in those cities. See, I agree with your message. Yeah. I think he needs action. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he, I think. We need to see Marines in Portland, Oregon. And I think well, people would cheer it. If he wins re-election, he may have to show he's willing to use action. Because I, I said to Darla, I walked through Madison. Can you imagine if Trump gets re-elected? What are they going to do to this city? What are they going to do to every city across the country? And the other thing is, I think, what he said in the tweet, let's play football. That's another way of saying, let's get back to work. Let's get back to things the way they used the to be. I agree the football issue, particularly because it's, if you look at the amount of states that are definitely playing he had he won over 200 electoral college votes in the states that are playing college football. He won fewer than 80 electoral college votes in the states that aren't playing. And several of the states that aren't playing are states, Michigan, Wisconsin, that were key to his election. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, although Pitt is still active, but Penn State yeah. is not. But those are also battleground states on the football issue. I agree the football well, issue you, is Well, you look at issue. that Big Ten thing, I'd hammer that football issue. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, good stuff, man. Good to see you. All right. When we come back, we're going to have our Monday town hall. And the question on the table is, have you had any luck whatsoever sharing reason and data on coronavirus with friends and family members of yours that are stricken with panic porn talk to you about that at 888-900-3393 when we return here in a moment stay tuned And we are back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. And since it's Hour 2 on a Monday, 
It is now your turn at 888-933-93. Our Monday town hall gets underway this hour here on the Steve Day Show with me, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and Parlor at Steve Dace. And then also our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. If you are a podcast listener, thank you. If you haven't done so yet, please leave us a five-star review as well as uh, click that subscribe button. Thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. The more of you that do that, I'm told the algorithms uh, will then smile benevolently upon us. And it helps the show to grow. I'm not sure if that's the case, but nevertheless, we appreciate the ego boost nevertheless. Uh, So thank you very much. Keep doing that for us. Thank you. Uh, This portion of the show brought to you by Home Title Lock. Deborah could not believe it when it happened to her. In fact, she never even heard of home title theft before she went to her mailbox one day and an eviction notice was inside. And she found out, hey, my homeowner's insurance isn't going to protect me from this. I've got to fight this now on my own. See, these days, cyber thieves have discovered that our home titles are kept mostly online. So they forge your name on your deed, stating you sold your home to them and then refile as the new owner. And in Deborah's case, she didn't find out until that eviction notice. Don't let that happen to you. Home Title Lock will do their best to make sure it doesn't. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that the instant they detect any tampering, they mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim and you don't even know it. You can do that right now for free at HomeTitleLock.com. And then while you're there, if you want to use the promo code Steve, they'll give you 30 free days of protection with the promo code Steve for your most important investment, 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Well, we were going to do this for our, for our town hall last Monday and then Mother Nature intervened. And we could not. But let me reset why I chose this topic. I, I got up Saturday morning, or last Saturday morning, so last week. And I've got a note from Twitter safety and Twitter uh, support, whatever they call their oversight uh, entities, uh, that a complaint's been filed against me by some lefty blue check mark. I went and checked her out, never heard of it. And nothing became of it. But But she claimed that I was tweeting things that were a danger to public health, distorting, uh, minimizing the coronavirus in ways that wasn't factually accurate. And she actually helped me get the word out (laughs) uh, by sharing the tweet that she was disputing. And she's not insignificant. She had well over, I went and checked her out. I'd never heard her name before, but that doesn't mean, I mean, there's lots of people never heard of me. She had over 50,000 Twitter followers. So she's got some kind of following there. And, the complaint that she had is I had taken the most up-to-date public information released by Worldometer and Johns Hopkins and CDC on the virus and applied it to the current U.S. estimated population of 331 million. So I, I just did basic division, basic math with public data. I, I, I mean, I didn't make anything up it's the it's the actual data anybody could do this but it didn't fit her narrative so she filed a complaint i'm not the one saying that 
0.014% of Americans right now are hospitalized with COVID. And the number goes way down, by the way. If you put anybody in there with, if you, if you, if you dial it down to people who have no other symptoms other than COVID, it goes way much lower, by the way, than 0.014%. But CDC is saying that. CDC is saying it's now less than 44,000 people are in the hospital nationwide with COVID. CDC is saying that. CDC is saying that we now have the lowest rate of lab-reported hospitalizations with COVID in America since late March. I'm not saying that. CDC is. You may not like me saying it, may not fit your narrative, but I'm not making any of this up. And that's why, in the end, Twitter didn't do anything. Because everything I've mentioned was a fact. Well, just as Ben Shapiro coined the phrase years ago, facts don't care about your feelings, this year has certainly confirmed that feelings do not care about your facts, right? We've learned that one as well. And so that got me to thinking, that little brush fire that quickly got put out, that got me to thinking, what experiences have y'all had when you have attempted to share reason and data with friends, family members, just people that you engage with on your social media accounts? Have you had any success stories? Because I have gotten notes from several of you telling me you've lost friends over sharing our videos, our links. By the way, the video that the, uh, the lefty blue checkmark woman protested, last I checked, it was up to a million and a half views on Facebook. So I, I got to believe she helped us. She helped, she helped oh. contribute to some of that traffic. <laughs> okay. Um, it's going to be one of the most watched videos. We've done this entire outbreak. So, but has it, have you run into just brick walls? Have you had anybody say, hey, thanks for sharing that? Because I, I think this goes a long way, this conversation, into telling us what life is going to be like when this is over. Or if it's ever over. Because I do think there's a portion of our population that's going to be like John Belushi in Animal House. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? I mean, I, I think, man, they're going down in a fear-induced, drunken stupor to the bitter end. Or at least until Joe Biden wins. <laughs> and then if he doesn't, man, they're dying on this hill of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, they, they need this to be they need the Rona to be the Black Plague, man. They, they need this to be the marshes of France in the 14th century. They, they need it. They demand it. Has to be the case. But have you had any success stories? Have you had anybody that came to you and said, hey, thank you for sharing this with us? Here's the number. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Has it been all brick walls, or are you able to have any reasonable conversations with people at all? Have you changed any minds at all? I asked this question on our Facebook page this morning, just to kind of plant a seed and, and see what it was going to look like. We're up over five hundred comments on this question. Have you read through through these comments yet, Todd? Have you seen them? No. I mean. Guys, I'm looking at the comments right now. All right, just the, just the first few. 
trying to convince someone, this is from Casey Keating, trying to convince someone I'm not sending my child to death camps next week was very tiresome. Pamela Schwager, fear, fear, fear. Lee Sturm, total brick wall. Randy Luan, Luan DePriest, our family has been torn apart by this COVID and BLM garbage. It's not even fear or partisan politics. It's willful ignorance. Ava Coco, just like politics, people chose their side. Nothing you say will change their mind. Now, Dwayne Hayes says, hey, when I, when I mention stats about herd immunity and things of that nature, eh, it's about 50-50. But most of these comments, here's another one, brick wall, brick wall. People are either awake or they're not, Michelle or Gorman says. Don't see many minds being changed. Now, some minds are being changed. Because we just told you, I mean, about the NPR Marist poll last hour. Overwhelming majority of Americans say it's time to get back to work, right? Yes. It's safe. Or if it's not safe, it doesn't matter. I got to get back to work, one or the other. Okay? So... What has been your experience attempting to engage people with reason and data? As the months have gone on, have you noticed? Because I will tell you, it, I, I sense right now Team Sanity is winning right now. And Team Lockdown is, is on the run. They're playing defense right now. I mean, we're... we're we're having we're we're relegated to showing five year old photos of the post of of post boxes and claiming there's a there's a post office shortage because of COVID in order to stop mail in voting. I, I mean it's I mean it's ridiculous. And I'm kind of thinking that if if they feel as if this is this is the new battle, the post office, that means you probably lost a lot of the other battles. So guys, let me ask you, what experience have you guys had in your own worlds in trying to share or discuss real data and reasoned information over panic porn and fear in your own little enclaves? Todd, I'll start with you. Well, actually, yesterday had one of those first moments because uh, my two oldest had their first soccer game. So the parents that haven't been together for a while, just uh, comparing notes and just hanging out together. No, uh, a few more in masks, most not. And uh, one of uh, the uh, parents, a group of parents that I'm, I'm closest with, uh, one is a professor of education at Drake University here in town. The other one is a very uh, high-profile uh, attorney. Their son is a freshman at the University of Iowa this year as a, and Steve, you know what the language means, a, he's a preferred walk-on at wide receiver mm -hmm. from a Valley High School here. Mm -hmm. She, along with being an education professor, is also on the Board of Ed for uh, Valley High School here, which is your quintessential upper middle class it's the largest high school in the state high now. School. It might be. It I might mean, be. It's, yeah. So she... You know, I, she's not as far she's not conservative. She's never been some radical liberal in my mind. We've had pl very pleasant conversations. We enjoy each other's company, and she and she was telling me the data that's been uh, collected uh, that they compare and contrast in all of the suburban high schools is it's like a, a, roughly on average about eighty five percent of all parents want their kids to go back to school, and these are not in. 
conservative strongholds. They might air red on some occasions. Steve, Valley is in your backyard, mm-hmm. um, but they are not conservative strongholds. And but she said that her uh, her interactions uh, with people who disagree with uh, her vote to go back to school are exceedingly icy. She's been treated by people that she considered friends in as hostile a fashion as she's ever experienced. And again, she's in the severe, to quote Mitt Romney, the severe majority of parents. Yet there's no, as you just said, there's no pause button on here. They are going to set their hair on fire. Now contrast that with this is data just shared by Governor Ron DeSantis from the state of Florida. And I, I still keep, I, I was listening to a show on Sirius XM this morning, which which is, the show was pro, we got to play college football. Pro, what's the Big Ten doing? Okay. And even they were repeating, well, you know, we live in the Southeast and, and we're playing, but we don't really have this under control. I live in Florida and it's a disaster. All right. I just heard this this morning. Okay. Numbers, latest numbers from Governor Ron DeSantis. Florida reporting its lowest number of new cases since mid-June, since June 21st. Emergency room visits in Florida. Remember, I told you nationwide right now, CDC says it's 1.8%. Okay? If you're going to the, that you're going to the ER, 1.8% of ER visits right now, according to CDC, are for COVID. ER visits for COVID-like illness in Florida down 60% since July 7th. Hospital admissions for COVID are down 60% since July 21st. Number of COVID positive patients patients currently hospitalized down almost 40% since July 21st. 23% of the ICU beds in Florida are still available. The pre-pandemic averages were 12.6% of of ICU of, of uh, ICUs of ICU beds were available. They've got more ICU beds available right now in Florida than they typically would in the state before the COVID pandemic by a considerable margin. By a considerable margin. And how many people right now, even people that want football to be played and high school football in our part of the country or Big Ten college football are still going with the talking point that Florida is a disaster area. That's what we mean. If, 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 you, if some of you, if some of you, if you posted this information right now that I just read to you right off of Ron DeSantis' Twitter feed in the last hour, if you posted this right now on your page, what reaction would you get? Because let me tell you what the very first response, sorry about that, very first response on Ron DeSantis's Twitter account, and the only reason I see it because I got to scroll down that far to get to the end of the thread, is some woman with, with the avatar, stay home, save lives, All right, hashtag Black Lives Matter in her bio, riding with Biden, hashtag resist. Over 5,000 Twitter followers, okay? This is what she tweets back to the governor of Florida. This is great news if true, but I don't believe anything that comes from your administration. You are killing Floridians. You've already killed thousands of us. 
As of Sunday, 9,100 Floridians in a state of 22 million people have died of coronavirus. 9,100 in a state of 22 million. You know what? I'm going to do the very quick math on this with my trusty little calculator app. All right? 9,100 divided by 22 with six zeros. 0.04%. 0.04% of Floridians, one of the oldest populations in the nation, Florida, second highest concentration of elderly in the country. 0.04% of Floridians have died of coronavirus. Very first tweet back. You're a liar. This isn't true. You've killed thousands of us. By someone I'm guessing, if I clicked on their thread somewhere, there'd probably be hosannas for New York and New Jersey, right? This is how we crush the virus, guys. Look what they did. So 888-900-3393, have you had any success at all? Or has it just been all brick wall all the time? Have you had any success at all sharing reason and data with people in your sphere of influence? Now, what you just told us is somebody who's kind of a a run-of-the-mill Democrat in public education willing to look at what the data actually shows is running into people on her own side that don't care what the data shows. The outcome must be what they demand, right? Yeah, which is... Also why here uh, that uh, a larger school district, the Des Moines Public School District, is not sending its kids back to school. Well, our governor, who again is just a master of playing these games of chicken, just said, okay, before she said those days aren't going to count as education, and she's sticking to that. But also, they want to go play sports while their kids aren't in school. And she said, nope, not going to happen. There's a level of, and we just dealt with a couple weeks ago, these people that think, to say two plus two is four is racist. We're dealing with a level of double-mindedness that it's at peak Old Testament levels of debauchery. What do you, you, there's, a, we, before we even knew what a coronavirus was, Steve, before we ever knew a Big Ten season could ever mm-hmm. be closed down, you always talked about the fact that, you know, you can't, there's no, there's no reasoning with people who have no interest on playing by any rules whatsoever. We can't share culture with these people. They have no interest in doing so. I just got an email from someone. I won't use their name. I I was fired from my job, ostracized, and then vandalized. Anonymous in Tennessee. Please don't identify us. We've had enough for now and need a break. I tweeted out on Saturday the latest dashboard chart on from Nashville Health on hospitalizations in Nashville. And they are plummeting. Hospitalizations for coronavirus in Nashville are plummeting. They're cratering right now. That's the truth. That's from the Nashville Board of Health. It's their own dashboard. But this all makes sense because the psychosis was always worse than the virus. Always. Well, like, what's the very first piece I wrote for the Blaze where I launched my contrarian offensive? 
what is the pathology? And I try to make a distinction, right? What's the pathology of the virus versus the psychology of the public policy or the or, or the psychology that's driving the public policy? And that paradigm has played itself out for the last five months, right? Yeah, we've we've known ever since two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, was memory hold we've known that long that this was now we were all this was a psyops thing and we're all experiments in this sick little maze let's go to the phones 888-900-3393 is the number 888-900-3393 let's go to jeff in texas to lead us off go ahead jeff hey steve this is jesse down in texas i'm also your uh, business bill of rights emailer as well okay um, it was a good email man Thanks. I'm glad you like it. I know it's something we're going to save for later. It's not something for right now. Um, one of our local comedians' name is John Roman. He actually finally woke up, woke up. He's also one of our radio personalities down here. He's really big in the entertainment industry. And I've been friends with him on Facebook for a long time, and I put all your guys' stuff out. I talk about the data. I even did the numbers for ourselves here in Oasis County. And since the very beginning of the virus, we've only had 3.5% of our total county actually got get it. And our beaches have been shut down and the whole nine. Well, our beaches are finally getting opened up. But he put a post out last week <clears throat> saying that the numbers don't make any sense. Why are we still, why are we have such low levels if, you know, if we're all still closed down? And so I started sending him a lot of the information we've been through. Um, but yeah, he's talked to a local nurse down here and I showed him information from your show and sending links to the YouTube video as well. And now he's a pretty big proponent down here for opening everything back up. And that's a big deal in the entertainment industry down mm. here because John Roman's like one of the leaders of the pack. So if we've got him convinced, that means we're going to see a major change down here in Corpus. And then we already partially opened up our beaches as of yesterday. And a lot of that came from pressure from the community. We even had a protest on Saturday and we've been having several protests down here against the lockdowns and against the overreach of our local, um, of our local judge that's been doing all of this to us. Um, you guys actually even inspired me to start our own little podcast down here where we're talking about a lot of this stuff here in Corpus. So keep up the good work. I that's great stuff. You guys doing what you're doing because it is working. Well, good. So it is working. We're changing minds. That's a good positive story to start us off with, man. Thanks for the phone call, brother. Take care. That's all we're doing is just reporting data. We don't we don't make up the data. We're just reporting it to you, what it says. I mean, if 1.8% of ER visits for COVID isn't low enough, then I, I think we need to, and maybe it's not, I don't know, but I think it's a good time when you get to 1.8%, it's a good time to ask what's low enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's not low enough. I don't know. You know, but I then then I think we're we're close enough to being low enough that it's okay to ask. Then what's low enough? Without a meaningful vaccine, what is low enough? That what is it? Because that's where we're at right now. One point eight percent of COVID, one point eight percent of ER visits in America are for COVID nineteen. That's according to the CDC. Let's go back to the phones, 888-900-3393. Let's go to Matthew in Oklahoma. Matthew, welcome to the Steve Day Show. What say you? Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, early on when the uh, virus first started, I was kind of like you, taking the numbers and dividing that by the population, which you do. Um, and the numbers just didn't add up. I was putting that information out there. People, even conservatives, were going, no, we've got to, we've got to shut down. We've got to lock down. We cannot do this. But as things went on, you know, little by little, people started waking up, especially some of the conservatives realized this isn't adding up. But we still had our Democrat friends out there that were, no, no, we've got to stay locked down. We've got to keep this. And I, I still have two to three of those that will continuously 
you know, on my Facebook page, constantly going at me, no matter what I uh, put out, numbers that you provided, numbers that I was providing, um, it didn't matter. The facts didn't matter. But slowly but surely, they have died off and not commenting anymore because the facts keep showing this isn't that bad. And now, you two weeks, I kind of noticed this narrative was going to change about the post office when one of my friends said, yeah, well, this mail-in stuff is going to be the whole death of us, and the post office can't even do their jobs now because of the new guy. And I said, this is going to be the new narrative. And sure enough, here we sit. That's the new narrative of the Democratic Party because they can't back up against the facts that this virus is not that deadly. And the facts matter. And thank God for you doing what you do out there, Steve. I thank you and Todd and Aaron because if it hadn't been you guys helping us put and looking at these numbers, it would have been hard to get the spotlight on it. And thank you for doing that. That's very kind, brother. God bless you. Take care. I'm not even going to debate the post office thing. They can have the issue. I, I, I mean, that's, they can have it. I'm not going to break down, uh, I'm not going to debate the post office thing for the same reason that, that, you know, Nick Saban doesn't break down Auburn's film against Lamar. Doesn't tell me anything. I get nothing from that. It, it's a, it doesn't, has no bearing on what the outcome on Saturday's Iron Bowl is going to be. They can have the post office. They can, I think we should expend as a movement, as, a, as contrarian media, alternative narrative, we should spend zero amount of energy and political capital confronting it, except when we catch people like Rex Chapman running four-year-old photos and, and, uh, and pawning it off as, uh, the, as an actual story, except for that. But I, I turning it, it around on that. Yeah, right if, if if they're relegated to debating that, let them have it. I mean, if if we're going to debate the post office, the efficacy of the post office, then it must mean we've won every other argument. So keep having the arguments that we've actually won. Then we should keep arguing about reopening schools and parents and and sports and everything else. the The post office is a a month ago. They never thought in a million years they'd be relegated to debating the post office. I promise you. On team lockdown, they never thought a month ago that they'd be arguing about the damn post office. I promise you they weren't thinking that. Todd, you sound like you want to say something. Well, you're right, but you can just, at least through social media, again, which as you said, not everybody's on social media, but it drives the conversation. You can still see the side of the right is way more seduced by that shiny thing than they are talking about the fact that the schools are safe to open and quite frankly the only reason why they tuck tail and run is because they did the polling that was so overwhelming and they realized it was a losing issue we we unfortunately our side didn't really we won it by default they Agreed. just they conceded the turf and that's right because we keep being seduced by shiny things the amount of data that this show has gone into talked over produced in the last five to six months is compared to what your average person on the street has been has digested right or left it's still a gigantic gap that's the problem you're you're you're, right. you're in the minority, unfortunately. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. I know. I know. But it's a growing minority. Hey, oh, our numbers hey. indicate that. It's a pretty. It's a growing minority. I agree with that. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I watching this weekend and just watching again people 
overwhelmed with their attention well, span on mailboxes. They, they need a lockdown narrative. They're never going to come to our side because it doesn't fit them politically to do that in an election year. So the fact that they want to argue about post the post office indicates just how political this was from the very beginning. Yes. Any narrative they can latch onto whatsoever to justify how many days it takes to flatten the country, okay, at least until November the third, they're going to do. I'm going to let them have this one, yeah. okay. If if this is the if this is the last if this is the last talking point for the scoundrels, let them have it. Just to illustrate that even more, I posted on Twitter last night. So setting aside the fact that um, the Bakersfield doctors, you remember them, yeah. were basically canceled for just restating basic virology that that uh, that we've heard m- multiple times. Putting that aside and knowing that this conspiracy theory rages, putting that all aside, their new talking point is that their base, after months of protesting, looting, rioting, is not fired up to, enough to vote in person. That's that's the new narrative. Right. You can protest in person, but you can't vote in person. Yeah, let them have that. That's that's what, if this is if they've retreated to this point, I, I would just all right, cool. We're gonna be over here going to the movies this weekend, and you guys can debate the post office. Have a nice weekend. More in a moment. You know, having your best credit score helps in lots of facets in today's life, Uh, getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing. A lot of employers are doing credit uh, report background checks as well. So you want to make sure you've got the power over your credit score and not the banks. And ScoreMaster is here to give you that control. Created by credit data scientists, the average ScoreMaster user can raise their score up to 60 points in 20 days or less. And this is how you add points to your score and fast. Uh, credit, you have ScoreMaster puts you in charge, lets you understand what's holding your credit score back and then what you can do about it to boost it. All right. So if you want to learn more, you can enroll in minutes and see how many plus points that you can add to your credit score. You're going to be shocked at how fast that you can add to it when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. One more time, scoremaster.com slash Steve. The question for this week's Monday Town Hall, have you had any success at all trying to reach people with reason and data on coronavirus? Or is it still all panic porn all brick walls all the time. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Let's squeeze as many of these in as we possibly can before we have to get out of here today. Let's start with Terry in Georgia. Terry, quickly, go ahead, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, my answer is yes and no. I think if you get bogged down in the numbers, people just glaze over because of our education system. People aren't able to critically think anymore. Where I find that I've worked is when you cut to the heart of the matter, you bring forth, you have to, you have to include the riots in with everything, and you, you lead through example. I'm in Georgia. I don't wear a mask anywhere except to the hospitals or a doctor appointment because that's the medical people's purview. Outside of that, I don't wear a mask anywhere. And that includes, my, uh, I'm a private investigator. I go to a, a national store to pull video for incidents that happen. And some of these are in downtown Atlanta. I went to this store during, like, when there was the battle between Governor Kemp and Keisha Lance Bottoms to pull video, and I didn't wear my mask. And uh, I'm of the opinion that 
if if you don't want to if you don't want to get eaten, don't act like lunch. If you go around scared, timid, you're gonna get you're gonna get they're gonna get you. But if you go around like live, if you live what you believe, they're not gonna mess with you without a mask. And then it's different from different areas, but you have to you have to be like I'm right, you're wrong. I'm gonna live my life the way it is. And when I went down to downtown Atlanta to this store. They didn't say anything to me, but somebody called the Atlanta police on me. And when I come out of the store, there's an Atlanta police officer car, like right out there. I knew right away because this is like right after the, uh, the officer Rolf thing and all that. And, uh, I didn't even want to go down there because of that, but I knew I'm like, so I just looked at the, per- the cop in the, in the car and they left me alone because they're like, this is not somebody we want to trifle with because He's not wearing his mask. He, I really have the law on my side because Governor Kemp is above Tisha Lancebottom. But sure. where I find I get people is when I cut through all the data and I tell them, this isn't about the virus. This is about control. If it were about the virus and it was about protecting you, then why did the governor of New York put COVID-infected people in nursing homes, the very people that are supposed to be protected? And he put the COVID-infected people in the nursing homes, resulting in, what, 40,000, 50,000 deaths? I don't know. It's a lot. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, Terry, for the phone call. Terry says, man, act like you own the room. They leave him alone. 888-900-3393. Let's go to Cal in New Jersey. Cal, welcome to the Steve Day Show here on The Blaze. What do you think, Cal? Thank you, Steve. Love you guys. God bless you. May your house increase. Thank you. Um, so down here in South Jersey, we're, we're not like North Jersey. Governor Murphy had put us in lockdown, uh, you know, uh, in total, no matter where you lived or what the count was, et cetera. Belong to a fairly uh, medium-sized church here. Don't have a ton of friends other than out, or outside of church, other than church people. And uh, shortly after you started doing this, I've never posted anything political on my Facebook page. I started posting things from you and many others about these numbers, et cetera. Started getting, you know, a few likes, et cetera. Found out our church is about 50-50 on this, uh, which is unbelievable to me. Um, Anyhow, uh, then I started to get some stuff. We worked with youth group for a year. Some of these people graduated college and stuff. They start coming back at me with their liberal and progressive you know, uh, comments, et cetera, et cetera. It got so bad for me that I couldn't even fight these people, keep up with it. So, you know, my, my, my Facebook page now, uh, nobody's posting because they learned pretty quickly that I delete their posts and just pump in a hashtag, get off my lawn. So uh, <laughs> I've talked to other people who are on our side. Uh, one of our elders from our church invited us over, I believe because they thought I was suicidal from my posts, Okay and wanted to make sure we were okay, and all of them, to a T, said, wow, we agree with everything you're saying, it's great information, et cetera, et cetera, but I can't say anything because I'm worried about my restaurant, because I can't say anything because I'm worried about the people I work with, and I'm worried about losing my job. So, you know, I've tried to put some things together, whether it's a protest or just, you know, not listening to, or not, not abiding by these mask laws, et cetera, and, and just everybody seems to be afraid. I continue to post, uh, I, you know, I get five or six likes, a few comments, but you know, we just feel, you know, we're just, lo- we're just like people down here a lot. And we're, we're a Republican conservative area down here in Cape May. So mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, we're at our wits end, you know, um, 
my blood pressure's up, but thankfully, you know, we never miss a show. And I just want to say we love you guys. And thanks. Keep up the great work because without people like you and many others, I don't know where I'd be, you know? All right. We got your back, Cal. Thanks for the call, man. The, the fear of not pushing back. That's how you lose your country, by the way. You lose your country not because... Um, uh, not not because the Visigoths came over the wall. You lose your country because your people won't defend the wall. That's why. I mean, if 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 we're gonna you know if 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 we're gonna be laced with fear, then that's that's why there's so much resistance. I believe to finding an outlet beyond the Republican Party because we know. At best, it's a speed bump that we throw up to stop the opposition from running us over, right? Yeah. But it's an easy one. I, I feel like I did something, I voted Republican, and I can go live my life and not have to confront anything ever. And the reality is, the freedom and liberty you have now to prosper and own a business, own your own home, that was purchased at a very high price. This idea that you're going to be able to just hold on to it into perpetuity without being willing to pay any price at all? That's just not how history works, man. It's just not how it works. The idea is going to cost you nothing? Ever? It's not how this works. That's how tyranny works. That's not how liberty works. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Ohio next. Tom, welcome to the show. What say you here on The Blaze, Tom? Hey, Steve. Uh, first of all, terrific show. You and Todd and Aaron just do a great show. Thank you. I'm going outside because I don't want my wife to hear me that because we have problems in our home. Um, the problems are, no matter what facts I, I throw to her, there's always pushback on the uh, mask. For, for example, uh, we've got a son who's going back to the University of Dayton here, in fact, starting next week. And I showed her the CDC numbers from last week that said... Uh, in the stratification, I think there were 255 kids in the 18 to 24 age group that have died from the COVID but it, over the last six months since it started. But there are 16,000, over 16,000 kids in that age group who have died from other causes. So I said, you know, the, the, the amount due to COVID is, a, is less than, I think, 1%. So there's nothing to really worry about here. The, the chance of him dying from something else is a lot greater than dying of COVID. But then she throws things at me like, well, I hear that there could be permanent damage from the COVID. So no matter what the argument is, she always seems to have a comeback that says, you know, I'm part of team lockdown. I'm part of team mask. I'm, if the authorities tell me I'm supposed to wear the mask, I'm going to wear the mask. And no How would we know about permanent damage from, a, from when the virus is only has been here for less than a year? How, what would we, what yeah, metric would we have to measure permanent damage when it hasn't been here permanently? I don't know where she's getting that information. I don't know if she's reading the Huffington Post. Is saying I don't. Yeah. I haven't seen any information. That's why I just that just ask common sense questions, brother. How would we possibly be able to measure permanent damage on something that's novel? So, so no, let me finish for a second. Let me finish. Hold on a second. Okay, because here's why that's a key a key question to ask. Because then the next question is, we really won't know what the permanent damage of this is for another twenty years. So do we all just sit home and not go to school or work for 20 more years? 
because that's how long it will take to find out what the permanent damage is of something that didn't exist in this world a year ago. It's going to take years and years and years and years to know what the permanent damage is. So what do, how do we live in the meantime while we're acquiring that knowledge? Are there, are there no reasonable precautions we can take? None? You see where I'm getting at? I, I totally agree with you, and I've tried that approach. And th- th- and this stems not only from the COVID thing, but from other things too. My wife, uh, by the way, I'm white, and she's black. We've been married for 25 years. We're getting ready to celebrate our 25th wedding. Well, congratulations! That's awesome. Love her a lot, but uh, on the whole racial thing with the Black Lives Matter thing, I've tried to, to you know give her information saying, hey, cops uh, shoot unarmed white people at you know twice the rate as, as, as black. She said, well, yeah, well, prove it to me. So I took her to the Washington Post, a left-leaning <laughs> database. Where they have the database online, right? 20, yeah. Yeah, I showed her in 2019, there was 14 unarmed blacks shot by police. The same year, there were 25 unarmed whites shot by police. And then she throws at me the argument about, well, it's disproportionate because, you know, there's 13% of the population is black and 65% is white. And I said, well, yeah, but... That's know, true. Black. She's right about that. But who disproportionately yeah, commits the most crimes? It works both ways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and so, so no matter what my argument is, she always has a comeback argument that, you know, well, what about this? Well, what about this? And basically blows off any facts that I throw at her. So this is the... I, d- I dare not talk about this with friends or with coworkers because it's just the danger of it. But it's a problem in the house. And I just, I'm wondering how many of your listeners, the one guy a few calls ago said that, um, that he, he, he's reaching through to some people and he doesn't see it as a, as a problem as long as you bring your facts. Well, with, like I said, with my wife and, and with, I think with women in general tend to be a little more, about security and caution, to me, this it's 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 uh, they're unreachable. No matter what the facts you throw at them, they're still I'm going to err on the side of complete security. I'll give up any freedom I have in order to get security. Hmm. Sorry so, for your plight, brother, but you know what? what? Hey, you know what? These two I, instances. I'm going to stay married to her for another 25 there you go. years. You know. Yeah, these two instances, notwithstanding, suck. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, of 25 years, they're just a couple of massive potholes, right? You can, you can drive around those. You can make your way around those, right? Thank you so much, Steve. I really, really love the show. You got it, man. Take care. God bless you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I just tweeted out data yesterday that on Sunday, Ohio reported its lowest amount of new cases of coronavirus on Sunday. Like a those 50%. mailboxes. Yeah. Like a 50% reduction, I think is what it was. So there's that. Hey, if your pet um, uh, is eating dry dog food, cool if that's the food that they like. But, you know, a lot of that dry dog food doesn't have the the vitamins, minerals, nutrients that they need because it's the same reason that, that we're taking so many supplements nowadays. We've made the supplemental indi- or the supplement industry very, very lucrative because a lot of the food we eat is processed and is done so for long shelf life, mass consumption and distribution. So a lot of those living organisms are taken out. Otherwise, the food will spoil and be no good. So uh, we take supplements to put all that stuff that we want out of our food right back in. Well, the same thing is true of a lot of the foods that our pets eat as well. The prebiotics, probiotics, omega oils, uh, those sorts of things gone. Uh, Antioxidants, 
That's where Rough Greens Vita Smart comes in, puts all the good stuff back into your pet's food. And if you want to see, if you see a difference in your pet in 14 days or left or less, try the 14-day jumpstart bag today for just $14.95. The 14-day jumpstart bag today for just $14.95. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. I'm not sure we have time to be fair to another caller, so let's just wrap it up here ourselves. Aaron, I didn't ever bother to ask you, have you had any success reaching people with data or reason, or has it just all been a brick wall for you? It's it's mostly been a brick wall. I've I've tried to discuss the the mask issue with uh, with you know people that I know on my timeline, or if I see something that's just completely just laughably insultingly wrong, I'll, I'll try to confront them. But you know, as it, it's mostly I come from Christian evangelical social uh, social circles for the most part. And um, if if I see somebody who's just completely given in on the panic, um, generally I I try I, I try to avoid even getting in a conversation because it's just going to be like uh, what it was it beating your swords into play. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's there's no point. But if I see people who I know are smarter than that, like I know that are smarter than that, that are just not prone to give, I'll try to dialogue with them, and usually I get the passive aggressive just. Homer Simpson gif fading into the, you know, fading into the shrubbery, that type of thing. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind I, 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 if, if people I see are just given into the panic, then you're going to have your reward in full one way or the other. Uh, if people I see are, are that I know are smarter than it, that usually, usually I never get a, Oh my goodness, I was wrong. Uh, I have seen the light now. It's not something like that. It's just a fading into the bushes type of reaction. Peru was one of the first nations to lock down in the world. March 16th is when they locked down. Peru maintained a lockdown for the next four months, July 16th. Would you guys like to guess which nation in the world right now has the highest daily deaths per capita for COVID-19? Would you like to guess which nation it is? Sweden. Well played. You guessed it. Peru. One of the strictest, earliest lockdown nations in the world. And now it has highest deaths per capita for COVID-19 in the world right now. Lockdowns don't work. They don't work. Hopefully you appreciated our work here today on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Podcast and Radio. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.